Hello, my name is Alec Feldman. I do a radio show on Wizard Radio Station every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. UK time. And this is the podcast of that radio show. It's all the best bits without the music, maybe some of the rubbish bits as well, mainly just the whole show, minus the songs. Every week we're going to release it so you can catch up on what's happened on the show this week. Just one thing to mention, I give out our contact details quite a lot throughout the course of the show, so you'll hear that on this podcast, but obviously it's a podcast, it's pre-recorded, so if you do send in a message about something I'm talking about to the numbers I say, I mean I'm not going to read it because it's already happened, it's in the past, it's pre-recorded, and no one's going to see it anyway, but here's the worst bit, you might still get charged for it, depending on how you send it. And even if you don't get charged for it, it's still a waste of your time, it's a waste of my time, it's a waste of everybody's time, and so I just wouldn't bother. If you would like to join in with the show and send me your stories or play our games, then you can do that just by listening live every Saturday afternoon, 3 to 5pm UK time, on Wizard Radio Station. So that's that out of the way. All there is left to say now is enjoy the podcast, subscribe to it, and maybe leave a little review as well saying how great it is. Not if you don't like it, though. If you hate it, don't bother. Thank you very much. Here's the podcast. This is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alex Feldman. What? What do you mean it's Alex Feldman with a C? Oh, this is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alec with a C, Feldman. It's Saturday. It's 3 o'clock. Now, live from Leeds, Alec Feldman. Oh, hi. Halsey and Nightmare, Jonas Brothers and Cool. Good afternoon. Welcome. My name is Alec Feldman. It's, it's lovely to meet you. Welcome to my radio show. I'm live for the next hour and 50 minutes because, you know, we've already done about 10, couple of songs. You've got to squeeze all that stuff in. Hi. Hope you're good. What have you done so far today? Has it been productive? Mine has not. I have, however, got the pleasure of listening to a very angry French person um, shouting. This took place in my living room. I don't think any further context is really needed. That's just what happened. An angry French person. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on. But that actually happened. Has, has anything similar happened to you? I highly doubt it. Unless you're in, like, France. Shout out to the French. Coming up today, before five o'clock, I have yet another first in my life that I want to share with you. Also, an exclusive, what happens when girls go to the toilet together? Things that are banned from exam halls, when everyone is looking at you, and some big news about my favorite person in the world. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you'll know exactly who who I'm talking about. If you don't know, I'll give you a clue. Their name rhymes with Joel Tedmans. Make of that what you will, but I have some breaking Joel Tedmans news inside of the next 10 minutes. Also, hashtag ad police makes a return. I've got a six second guide and we'll have a game of Connect 4 as well, which kicks off at 10 to 5. 10 to 4, that's it. So all that is happening. Plus, before four o'clock, music wise, Dominic Fike to play, the new one from Katy Perry, which is great, some Madison beer. And new one from Charlie XX coming up soon as well. So do not go anywhere. I do not allow it. You don't have my permission to leave. Just stay listening until at least five o'clock and ideally beyond that. Good. Next then. This week I learned. Let's do some life lessons. This week I learned. Three things that I've learned 
in the last seven days that I'm sharing with you to make your life a little bit easier. Lesson number one, this week I've learned, if you've got nothing to do on a bank holiday, just go for a really long aimless walk. It kills a lot of time. It was a bank holiday on Monday. My dad um, sent me a message. He was like, there's a whole load of things you could be doing on, on bank holiday Monday in Leeds. I've looked it up and there's nothing. So my solution to that was to walk into town for no reason. It's about an hour away from my house on foot. Walked there, didn't need to do anything, came back. And that took up over two hours of my life. So that, that was a great bank holiday activity. If you're bored, go for a very, very long aimless walk. It might not be the most stimulating activity, but you can you can get on some tunes, get on some podcasts, whatever, and get some fresh air. It was actually raining. It was rubbish. Maybe don't take this bit of advice in particular. Lesson number two. This week I learned, don't enter competitions if you don't care about the prize. I wish I had something exciting to share with you, like I've accidentally won a lifetime supply of cereal. Um, I haven't. It's not that good. But... I was I was listening to a radio show yesterday. They were giving away a family cinema ticket to see Toy Story 4. And they had a caller on. And they were like, oh, do you like Toy Story? And she was like, no, not really. And then proceeded to get all the questions wrong and didn't actually get to win the Toy Story tickets. So the moral of the story is, if you don't care about the prize, there's literally no point entering it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of everybody's time. What's the point? I don't understand why. It was very funny, though, getting everything wrong. Why did you even pick up the phone? Lesson number three. This week I learned, don't agree to stuff before you've actually worked out the logistics. You know I struggle saying no to things. So when I got an email saying, would you like to work all these dates this month? I was like, yes, of course, I'll take all of them. And it's now actually made my life very inconvenient. And it means I have to keep traveling between London and Leeds for like a month. It means dates I've said I'm going to do things. I actually can't do those things. Oh, it's all it's all a mess. And this is all because I can't say no to stuff. So if you're going to agree to do things, please work out the logistics before going, yeah, I'll do it because it just makes everything very messy. And then you're stuck doing stuff you've agreed to do. Those are all the things we've learned this week. If you've got nothing to do on a bank holiday, go for a very long, aimless, boring walk in the rain. Don't enter competitions if you don't actually want to win the prize and don't agree to stuff before you've actually worked out how to do it. That's what I've learned this week. And I will give you the breaking Joel Tedman's news in approximately three minutes time after the new one from DJ Khaled. This samples outcast if you're familiar with their work it's called scissor okay i panicked i panicked i was like quick i better play the song i said the last thing i said was it's called scissor it's not called scissor it's featuring scissor it's called just us it's by dj khaled okay let's let's just move on it's wizard radio with alec hey so i promised you breaking news it's not really breaking news it's just news about one of my favorite human beings in the world the clue i gave you was that their name rhymes with joel tedmond's if you've been listening to the show for a while, you'll know I'm I'm a big fan of Noel Edmonds just because he's totally, utterly weird. He has such weird views on the world. He does weird things, things that the rest of us wouldn't understand. But to Noel Edmonds, it just makes complete sense. And he's done an interview with The Guardian, the newspaper today, which I saw thanks to my Google feed on my phone that sends you news articles. It knows me 
so well that it put that one right at the top. Noel Edmonds, big long interview. And I've just been through it and I want to share a few of the highlights with you. Um, one of which just as an idea of, of what the Noel Edmonds is and what he's like. I feel like I don't even need to explain who or what he is anymore. Like he's just this guy that used to be famous and I'm obsessed with, that's kind of it. Cosmic ordering. He, he discovered this as an idea. What is cosmic ordering? I hear you ask. Well, you write down a list of stuff you want and then just sit and twiddle your thumbs and wait for them to come true. So basically it's like writing a list to Santa, but when you're an adult, that's the equivalent. He is going, dear universe, I've been a really good Noel this year. Please can I have a Ferrari and a million pounds and Mr. Blobby to come back. I don't know, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's one such thing that this guy passionately believes in. He also thinks that his, his sadly no longer with him parents follow him around in melon-sized orbs that just go slightly behind him. So make of that what you will. But most interesting thing I found from this article is the stuff about the actual interactions between Noel Edmonds and the guy who interviewed him for this Guardian piece. Because here's what happened. They're sitting at a table somewhere in a cafe. Noel Edmonds says to this chap that's interviewing him, can you stand up please and put your arms by your side? So that's what he does. Noel Edmonds then tries to pull his right arm upwards from this like position where they're by his side whilst going, Resist! 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 Like some weird magic spell. And the interviewer successfully manages to not move his arms. And Noel's like, oh, well done. Then Noel gives him a mobile phone and says, hold it in your left hand. And put your left hand by your side again. And then you have to do the same. And Noel pulls his arm again and goes, resist! Resist! But this time, his arm gets pulled up. He cannot resist. Now, Noel Edmonds thinks that's something to do with, with human energy. And says, go on, what do you think just happened? And he goes, well, I don't know. Why, why has that happened? Why do you think that's happened, Noel? And Noel says, no, go off and research it. And this is a direct quote. Because Noel Edmonds doesn't know all the answers. All he's done is gone off, gather facts acquired knowledge and he's formed an opinion that is what Noel Edmonds said about himself now just I want to I want to put my take on that one because I go to these these like sort of self-defense classes once a week where the method of self-defense very much revolves around the body's mechanics and making other people's bodies do what they would naturally do when you apply pressure to certain places now presumably if you're holding a phone in one hand, your fist is clenched. Therefore, just by the mechanics of your body, how all your muscles work, you then won't be able to also, at the same time, force your arm to stay in position. That is how I assume that works. And it's not because the mobile phone creates negative energy in his in his hands, body, whatever. I don't know. So he can, he can think what he thinks about that. Other opinions include... Um, Brexit is the example of a regime that needs to create a distraction. And so Brexit was caused by politicians, so we stopped paying attention to politicians because that one's really worked, hasn't it? 
he thinks that anyone that says the UK population is about 65 million is lying and it's actually 75. And he kind of goes, <laughs> oh, you poor thing, as if you'd believe that it's actually 65 million. He bases this on um, how much food there is, how much people poo and how many people die. And that has led Noel Edmonds to doing the maths and working out that there is 75 million people and we're being lied to. Um, and finally, just the last thing I want to read from this article is that it's quoted just as a direct interaction. Noel Edmonds says, how long could we survive if there's a blockade? And the interview goes, I don't know. And Noel's like, tell me. And the guy's like, I've got no idea. And Noel's like, you can't say that. How old are you? And he's like, I'm 44. Do you know what our food reserves are? And, you know, Noel Edmonds, fountain of all knowledge, goes, yes. And the interview says, how? And Noel's response to that is, because. And it has in brackets, banging table. Facts, knowledge, opinion. I don't know what, what can be done about Noel Edmonds. I don't think anything really should be done. I just hope he continues providing this kind of entertainment gold for many, many years to come. But just remember, resist. Resist, people. And that's, I suppose, his mantra for life. Wise words as always from the Edmonds. Charlie XCX and Lizzo now. This is Blame It On Your Love. Charlie XCX with Lizzo. Blame it on your love. Wizard Radio. Sean Mendes, Dominic Fike, the next two songs that I'll play here. I had an exam this week. I'm just kind of in the middle of exams at uni. They're so boring. I'm so done with them. I've only had three. I've got off quite easily, but ugh. What a way to spend three weeks. Not good. I had one on Thursday afternoon. And it was one I was actually feeling all right about in preparedness terms. I was like, yes, I've, I've got this. I've done the work. It's going to pay off. What a great time I'm going to have. The only thing that let me down slightly was my timekeeping. Not in the exam itself, but before the exam. I sort of forgot that it's quite good practice to get to an exam like quite a long time before. So I left at just like the normal time I would have left had I had something at two o'clock. And so I was cutting a bit fine. And I realised this when I was sort of nearly there, but I was like, oh, it's there's 10 minutes away. I'd better pick up the pace a bit because this is actually much closer than I was expecting. So, you know, when you do a kind of like half run, fast walk, maybe skipping a little bit, that kind of thing, not the most dignified, but not flat out pelting it down the road. That's what I was doing. I get to the building it's in. And this building, I don't even know where to begin. It's one of the ugliest buildings of all time. Hideous. Whoever designed it, I hope never worked again because it's awful. So bad. It's a building. It's got lots of lecture theatres stacked on top of each other. And the staircases are also the corridors. So you go up the stairs and on the side of the stairs, that's where the lecture theatres are. Each row of seats in the lecture theatre is a stair. And each row of seats has its own door. So every stair has a door associated with it. That's a row. There is one door per row. That's it. No gaps, nothing. It is a horrible layout of a building. But more to the point, it's the way they're numbered, which is also a problem. Instead of going like one, two, three, four, five, six, as you go up the stairs, it'll go like you'll have one on one side and then like 20 on the same floor. And then nobody can work out where anything is. It's a mess. It is the worst building I've ever, ever been in. This is important to remember for this story. 
because the lecture theatre that my exam was happening in, I know, I don't know why you'd have an exam in the lecture theatre, bad idea, was right at the top of this building. So I had to go all the way up the stairs, which is also the corridor, which is also the doors, and they're really wide. So I was doing two steps at a time, properly like legging it up the stairs now, up probably about five flights, all the way to the top. I get to the top, it's like 1.58. I'm really sweaty, I'm a sweaty mess. There's an invigilator at the front door and she's like, okay, come in this front door. You put your bag and your coats and stuff down at the front. Then you go out of the door again and go up the steps to find your correct row. So I'm in right at the front of this room, in front of everyone. Just really sweaty, not attractive looking in the slightest. Although there's not much really sweating made a difference to that. Taking out all my stuff. I had my student ID card in my teeth because I didn't have enough hands trying to hold loads of pencils and pens and water bottles and rulers and a glass, a glass, no, glasses, and a bag at the same time. One of the last people to arrive. And once I've done that, I have to go out and I'm like, okay, I'm in seat 17, where's that? And I'm looking at the map of the seats and seat 17 is on the second row from the front and it's right in the middle. Everyone is sat down, there is one door in. So basically you either have to get everyone to get up or the alternative, the alternative to making everybody get up so you can sit down in the middle of the row is to just climb over the front. And everybody, that is what I did in front of an entire lecture theater of people ready to do an exam. I put my stuff down on my, on my desk. I then put my hands on, I levered myself up, used my legs for a bit of support and clambered over this desk from the row below and took my seat. The two people either side were sort of I'd say kind of laughing, but in like a respectful way, like, yeah, well done. We're impressed. And I just felt like the entire room was staring at me specifically. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. They were probably more interested in their own exams and what they were about to do. But it felt like they were all staring at me as I totally undignified climb over this bench. Wasn't good. I did get there in time just had about a minute to spare but everyone's eyes burning into you it's not fun it's not fun have you ever been in a situation where everybody is looking at you can you tell me about it please share your own experiences of having hundreds of eyes maybe not hundreds depends whether you count them as a pair or not lots of eyes burning into the back of your head i want to know 07807183538 or send me an email station at wizardradio.co.uk drop us a message on facebook as well facebook.com slash wizardradio on there have you ever been in a situation where everyone is looking at you share it with me share it with everybody else send us a message now i'll read a few after dominic fike and now this is sean mendez this is alec feldman the podcast i like that dominic fike and three nights before that sean mendez if i can't have you you are listening to wizard radio and my name is alec feldman thanks for having us on katie perry and madison beer on before four so I was telling you about how on Thursday I had to climb over some desks in a full lecture theatre in a very undignified manner just to get to a seat in exam because I was I was not late, I just I cut it fine. I left later than I should have done. And everybody was looking at me. Everyone. Or it felt like it at least. And I was just like, this is not fun. Alana has sent me a message. She says, when I went for my first ever concert, I was right at the front. It was for Little Mix, don't judge me. 
Ilana, I will never judge you for that. My first gig was two months ago and it was busted. It's fine. She says, it got so hot that I kind of fainted. I never faint ever, but this was before concerts started giving out tap water to people in front rows. So I was dehydrated and hot and fainted. Anyway, I was only blacked out for a few seconds and then I woke up and I was being carried away by security. I was literally in the air being carried and I just remember looking down at everyone's faces as they stared at me. It was so embarrassing. I stood in a different area when I was allowed back in just because I was too embarrassed to go back to the front. Oh, that's so annoying. You made so much effort to go to the front as well. Like, that's dedication. I feel like to get to the front, you have to be like one of the first in line or just be very pushy. Get those elbows out. Be competitive. Don't care about other people. Screw other people. I'm getting to the front. And then you've made it. And then, boom. You faint. And then within seconds, you've just lost everything you've achieved. Very sad story. Moral of the story, don't get dehydrated. Drink water. It's very important. And if you had done, that would have stopped you being carried out by a massive security guard. And having the eyes of hundreds if not thousands of people looking at you, probably not thousands, they're mostly focused on Little Mix, I would imagine. But, you know, the few that were like, oh, what's going on there? Not fun. I feel for you, Lana. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that very sad story. Ellie says, I feel like everyone has done this and everyone knows the feeling, but once I dropped my plate in the lunch hall, oh, no. <laughs> Literally, the whole lunch hall went silent. And then... The dreaded moment came. They all went, Wait! <laughs> and I started crying and I ran out. Then I got a detection for not cleaning up my mess. So it was all a disaster. It definitely didn't help that I cried because people still remember it to this day because I'm like the only person ever who has cried for dropping their plate at lunch. Forgive me, Ellie. I find that quite funny that you cried. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's quite mean, but I do. It's funny. Oh yeah. Um, you say you say everyone knows the feeling. Um, I know you you're probably telling yourself that to make yourself feel better, but I I literally don't know the feeling. I've never dropped my plate in the lunch hall. It was all fine. Seven years without a smash, all was good with me. But I've witnessed many a plate drop, and yes, that is the one thing you can do that guarantees everybody in that room will be looking at you, just getting ready, simmering up for the big moment. Like, here's how it goes, right? If you want to recreate it, I've got my water bottle here. I'm going to drop it on the table. This is what it sounds like. And then you pause for a bit. And then all of a sudden it sort of simmers up. And then you're like, Wee! and that's that's how it goes. Oh, yeah. Happy memories. Happy memories. But um, again, I'm sorry to hear about your trauma there. Sean says, a few years ago, my parents and I went to see a comedy show whilst we were on holiday. It was this comedian who was performing on the resort we were staying at. <laughs> so it's not like he was a world-class act. Burn. Oh, the shade. Anyway, we were quite, cl quite close to the front. It was only a small venue anyway, and I needed the toilet. So I stood up, innocently, to go to the toilet. And he started making fun of me. Instead of just ignoring it, though, I engaged with him. So bad, and it was so embarrassing. Especially because it was on a resort, so everyone knew who we were. Oh, yeah. You go to breakfast the next morning for your, your breakfast buffet and you're getting your scrambled eggs and someone goes, here, weren't you that girl that... 
Oh boy, it's Sean. Weren't you that boy that got heckled by the comedian for going to the toilet in the middle of his set and everyone will, everyone will notice? That's a bad one, because you're never going to come out of that situation well. Because they're comedians, they're professionally funny. They can always come up with something better than you can. They're quicker, they're faster, they're sharper. They will not hesitate to humiliate you. So that is a tough one. A really tough, tough gig to do. I've loved these messages. These have been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Coming up next, continuing the exam theme. I have a list of things that are banned from exam halls. More after Katy Perry, the new one from her. Yes, she's back. All is forgiven. Katy Perry and never really over on Wizard Radio. So like I said, I'm in the middle of exams at the moment. This is something most people can probably relate to, either at the current time, which at some point in their life. I don't know anybody that's never had to do an exam. It's not fun. It's just a really annoying period of your life where you kind of put everything else on hold and you're like, oh, I should really be doing work. And even if you're not doing work, you can't really enjoy yourself because you're like, okay, I'm giving myself a break, but I can't have too much fun or I'll feel guilty because really I should be doing work. Rubbish time. And another thing you will know about doing exams is they're very, very fussy about what you can and can't take in. You, You know, you can take in a water bottle, but it has to be clear. It can't have a label. You can take in pencils, but only, I don't know, HB pencils or has to be black pens and it's annoying. Which makes your life that little bit more difficult. Gives you loads more grief than you need, really. And outside my exam on Thursday, I saw a sign with a list of things that are banned from the exam room. And there's some obvious things on there, but it does look like it hasn't really been updated for about 20 years. I feel like times have changed and this post have just been wheeling out every year. Some of it's quite irrelevant, I say. Let's go through it one by one. Things not allowed in the examination room, pencil cases, including transparent one. Why? What is wrong with a transparent pencil case? There's literally no way you can cheat with a transparent pencil case. The only thing that does by banning them is meaning you have to hold all your stuff in your hand, which is very difficult and very annoying. Let me take my pencil case in. Thank you. Next on the list, plastic bags. You're banned from taking plastic bags into the exam room. Again, a slightly baffling one because number one, who who wants to take a plastic bag in? Why would I just be taking an empty Sainsbury's bag? And more to the point, why can't I? Should I have some weird thing about carrier bags? Why would I not be able to take it in? What if it was like a comfort blanket? What if I needed my Sainsbury's bag just to do the exam well? I wouldn't be allowed to take it in for unknown reasons. The only reason I can think of is to stop people sticking them over their heads if the exam's going badly, that's it. Next, you're not allowed mobile phones. Standard. But you're also not allowed pagers. Damn, I was gonna I was gonna cheat that way, but now I can't. Pagers are banned. What year is this again? Also not allowed, a Bluetooth earpiece. Because all the cool kids have Bluetooth earpieces. They're like high-ranking execs at companies. They can't go two minutes without having their earpiece in so they can go, Hello! Give me the details on that shipment, stat! Not good enough, you're fired! That's what I would love to do in the exam, but sadly, I can't, because Bluetooth earpieces are banned. So no high-powered executive meetings for me. And you're also not allowed miniature information processors. I don't really know what that means. The thing that came to my mind, it could cover a whole load of things, the thing that came to my mind was those tiny little electronic dictionaries that used to be on sale in the brief period between old-fashioned book dictionaries being considered rubbish and smartphones 
when you would have a little electronic thing. It would fold up like a tiny laptop, but with the screen of a calculator and a tiny keyboard. And that's what you'd use as a personal dictionary. I don't think they were ever really took off because they seemed rubbish. But that's what comes to my mind when I think of miniature information processors. Sadly, they're not allowed, although that probably also extends to like smartwatches and tablets and all that stuff. But I like the way they've phrased it. And you're also not allowed headwear except on orthodox religious grounds. So I'm very tempted to suddenly become religious and be like, yes, I need to wear this, this baseball cap. God told me to. So those are the things you can't take into an exam hall. Just don't make, don't make any of those mistakes because you're not allowed plastic bags. Connect fours on after Madison Beer. Madison Beer, dear society, it's Wizard Radio. I'm Alec and it's time for Connect Four. This is a game, let's play a game. I'm going to give you four words very shortly that are randomly chosen by James Gilmore from the dictionary. And you have to connect those four words. Those four words won't naturally be connected necessarily. You've got to do the work, you've got to fill in the gaps. You've got to write a story that has all four of those words in there somewhere at some point. That's what you've got to do. And if you can connect them in a way that I find funny, then you win. What do you win, you ask? Well, I think this week you are entitled to a night's sleep. If you get, if you are the winner on Connect4, you can have a whole period of your life between about maybe 10pm tonight and 8am tomorrow where you don't have to do anything. You can just sleep. That is the prize you get if you win. So a prize you don't want to miss out on very hot prize the hottest ticket in town right so that's what you could win on connect four this week if you connect them in the way i like the best so let's get the words james gilmore hi hi i would actually quite like that prize because in the middle of the night last night i pulled a muscle in my leg and i was in so much agony to be honest i still am so i'm really sorry to hear that i know i know it's it's been a very painful kind of 12 no how many hours about oh, i don't know i nearly went to bed i feel like 24 hours ago so it's been a very long day yeah oh i'm sorry about that it's fine but these things you're not actually allowed to enter ah okay so no night sleep for you shame all right well anyway shall i flick yes um i was going to ask have you got one of those mini electronic dictionaries by any chance no no i'm using the real thing what a shame. Why would I well, use a mini electronic them. dictionary? Because they're the height of modern technology. No, no. I'm more modern than that. I've got an actual paper mini dictionary. Okay. It's not as good, but flick it. Burning anyway. down the Amazon. All right, I'm flicking. Poor, poor Amazon. Whatever words at the top of the page when I say stop, that is the first word on Connect 4. Get ready to write down the word stop. Okay. The first word is... Love. 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 As in the love and affection of, I don't know, someone. Love. Word number one. That should be quite an easy one. What will the second one be? Let's find out. Go. Flicking. He is flicking. A night of sleep is up for grabs here. So, come on. Do good. Stop. Okay. I have stopped. And the word is experts. Zin, Martin Lewis, everyone's favourite money-saving expert. Yes. So we've got love and expert. First two words. Let's flick from the back and get two more. Flicking. Hmm. What will it be? 
Stop. Okay, the word is... Sauce. Sauce? Is that like tomato sauce? Yes, S-A-U-C-E. Or, he's got the sauce. Perfect. Love. Expert. Sauce like ketchup. And finally... Flicking. Okay. I feel like this might be quite an easy round this week, so hopefully the last word will throw a spanner in the works. Stop. Okay. The word is... Home. Home. Now, I think... Okay. Love, expert, source, and home. I think the standard will be very high this week because these are quite an easy set of words to connect somehow. So, make it really good. Otherwise, you'll be awake forever. This is what's at stake here. Love, expert, source, and home. Connect them in the form of a story. Send it to me. 07807-183-538. Twitter at WizRadio. Facebook.com slash WizardRadio. Or station at wizardradio.co.uk. Connect four words this week are love, expert, source, and home. Good luck. We'll catch up with it in about 50 minutes. Vampire Weekend and Billy Eilish on next as well. It's four o'clock right now, though. Let's get the latest news. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Recommended by doctors as part of a healthy diet. It's Wizard Radio. That was Vampire Weekend, This Life. Before that, Billy Eilish, bad guy. I'm Alec. How's it going? Coming up. Lewis Capaldi, Five Sauce, and Connect Falls on at 10 to 5 as well. First, though, it is the return of hashtag ad police. You know those influencers, people who are vaguely maybe a little bit famous, and they have quite a lot of Instagram followers? You know how they get paid by big companies to flog stuff, and they put little hashtag ad or hashtag spawn, and they just try and get their followers to buy absolute rubbish? This is where we call them out. If you're trying to flog rubbish to your followers, I will make sure people know about it. About it. I will call you out on it. If you're using your influence for rubbish and getting money for it, you can't get away with it anymore because I am here. I have I've got, only got a couple to share with you this week. One is an actual policing of a hashtag ad. One is just something kind of similar that I've noticed that I found quite funny. So, first up, there's this guy, some guy called Roman Kemp or something. I don't know. And he's been trying to sell something weird on his twitter actually not even instagram there's there's quite a long video it's nearly two minutes i'm not really watching it but in its entirety but essentially it's about the making of a guitar the product i believe is a guitar an electric guitar that is smash proof i.e if you're a rock star and you're giving it the big one on stage and you whack it on the floor it won't smash into a million pieces. It will stay intact because the guitar is made of 3D printed titanium. Now that, to be fair, does sound like quite a cool invention, albeit one that might kind of spoil the fun of rock stars smashing things up. But why why are they paying this, this person who apparently is called Roman Kemp to promote it? I don't really know. I feel like it's not very on brand for him. He's not a rock star. His, his dad, I'm told, sort of was one, but him, not that I'm aware of. And yet, this tweet is put out, says, I've smashed a few guitars out of frustration, but I don't think I'd have a chance with this, crying emoji. And then it's like, they've made a 3D printed titanium smash-proof guitar. Check this out. I want one. Why is he, why is he promoting this, of all things? 
why would Roman Kemp, who might be on quite a lot of money and probably has just got a lot more, why is he promoting smash-proof titanium guitars? I don't know. I don't think about rock and roll when I think Roman Kemp, but there you go. He's been given money, clearly, to promote them, so there it goes. But come on, Roman, mate. You can do better than that. And next on hashtag ad police. This isn't so much a hashtag ad, but it is an influencer being obnoxious and trying to use their influence to get people to buy tat. However, this tat is her own tat because it's her own brand of clothing. It's this this influencer. Should I call her out and name her? Yes, I'm going to name her. She's called Ari. A-R-I-I. I have never heard of her, but she seems to have quite a lot of followers. Because this post that she's put up has 35,788 likes. And I think I want to read you the actual post itself. Maybe in an American influencer voice. And then we can discuss it. It's a very long post. It's an Instagram post. It's a picture of her sat on a stepladder in some clothes. I might skip through the boring bits. But essentially. Hi. It breaks my heart to have to write this post. As y'all know, I released my brand. I've poured my heart into this drop. For my photo shoot, I flew out a photographer and a makeup artist. And I planned weeks ahead and was lucky enough to gather some friends who modeled for me. I rented out a huge photo studio for the day so I could get as many shots and promo shots as I could. But unfortunately, the company that I'm working with goes based on first drop sales. In order for them to order and make my products, we have to sell at least... This is an important bit of information. We have to sell at least 36 pieces. But I was getting such good feedback that people loved it and were going to buy it. No one has kept their word. So now the company won't be able to send out the orders to people who actually bought stuff and it breaks my heart. I sent out PR packages to friends but I didn't get any feedback from them. Aside from that, the people I thought would support me really didn't. Nor did they share any of my posts like I asked for. Sounds bitchy. But like no shade to anyone I've supported everyone's music or whatever they've asked for My support on and I couldn't even get it in return But it's okay Because I just see this as a setback and a wake up call To work harder for what I want and to never give up This isn't the end of my brand This is just a minor setback Someone's in denial And we'll take this time to make my brand even better for y'all Thank you to those who have supported I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart So if you missed that What's happened there is this influencer with many many followers Has put out a clothing brand and less than 36 people have actually bought anything from it. And her response to that isn't, hmm, maybe I should reevaluate. Maybe people don't actually want to buy clothes that are very expensive because they've got my name plastered all over it. But no, her response is, how dare you not buy it? What's wrong with you? How could you? You said you'd buy it, but you don't actually want to when you realize it's not actually that good and I'm charging extortionate prices. How could you? How could you do this to me? Why would my friends not even make time to review my clothes in detail and spend money on it? How could they? What kind of friends even are they? That's basically what she's going for here. This sort of very entitled, whiny, what's wrong with you guys? Why aren't you buying my things like you should be doing? And it's very funny. And as mean as it sounds, I do find it quite entertaining <laughs> that her clothing brand has totally flopped. Because less than 36 people, hundreds of thousands of followers she's probably got, maybe even millions. Less than 36. Oh dear. Embarrassing. And that concludes this week's edition of Hashtag Ad Police. Oh, apparently, according to my, my researchers, 2.1 million followers. So, that's even better. 36 out of 
2.1 million is approximately 0.0017%. Couldn't even get that. Influencers are not all they're cracked up to be. And that is hashtag ad police. If you've got any other influencers you'd like to report to me for trying to flog absolute rubbish to their followers, station at wizardradio.co.uk with hashtag ad police in the subject. Thank you very much. This is Lewis Capaldi. Wizard Radio, Lewis Capaldi, hold me while you wait. I've got something quite disturbing to share with you now because I've come into the possession of a secret. The secret of what girls do when they go to the toilet together. This is something I've always been aware of, but as a bloke, it's just not relatable at all. I won't be like to, to a male fl- friend if we're at like spoons. Hey, I'm, I'm going to the toilet. Do you want to come with? It doesn't happen. I'll be like, I need a wee. Back in a sec and off I pop. But girls, it's very much a universal thing that they will always go to the toilet in groups, in twos or more, because that's just what they do. And you kind of think, well, why? What What's going on in there? And you'll never find out because it's, it's highly frowned upon as a bloke to go into women's toilets. I don't know why, but you can land yourself in lots of trouble. Don't do it. I'm not speaking from experience. But I was, I was given this bit, bit of information. It's quite a few people away from the original source so there's the people it happened to and there's the guy they told so that's the first person he told someone else they told me and now i'm telling you so that's what one two three you're four people away so this might have somehow had like a chinese whisper effect and become distorted from the truth but this is what i've heard allegedly from this specific situation. I don't know whether this is universal, but this has definitely occurred to at least some people. There's a group of three girls. They live together. They go for a night out. They're having a nice time. They're like, oh, quick, let's go to the toilet. So off they go to the toilet together. They're with a male friend. The male friend obviously has to stay outside. He's waiting for a long time. He's like, wow, I've been out here for ages. What's going on? Why is this happening? And they emerge um, quite some time later. And he's like, what What kept you so long? And this is what they tell him. They say, oh, we stole a glass. They're in a bar or something. We stole a glass and decided to pee in the glass and then to drink each other's pee. What? Why? That makes me feel a bit sick. I don't, I'm baffled. What's going on? Number one, why would anybody ever want to drink wee? They're not Bear grills. Come on. It's not nice, especially when something better is on offer. It's disgusting. It's unhygienic. It's probably full of bacteria and germs. And it will probably just taste gross. <laughs> nobody wants to voluntarily drink that. Right, that's my first question. Second question. Assuming there is one weird person out there who would like to drink it when they then suggest to their two friends hey i've had an idea why don't we all we in this glass and then drink it why don't one or both of the two friends go mate what's wrong with you why would you suggest that why is that even a thing that's come through your head no way not a chance that's not happening why didn't they say that why was that a response yeah all right let's go for it two people how can you get two people to do that without even having to convince them what's going on it's so uh, weird so like i said i am telling you this story sort of fourth hand 
but this is what I've heard. So do with that information what you will. I might have uncovered a huge secret here. Maybe this is what everyone does. Maybe it's just what they do. I don't know. But it is, it is very disturbing. And I'm sharing it with the world. When girls go to the toilet together in groups on a night out, it's because they're all peeing in a glass they stole and drinking each other's wheat. Oh, I think I'm going to be sick. This is five seconds of summer. Easier from five seconds of summer. This is Wizard Radio. I'm Alec and I'm 20 years old. And on Thursday, I will be attending my first ever house party. That's right. 20 years old. Never been invited to one before now. I like sharing my first with you. Um, a couple of months ago, I went to my first ever gig. It was busted. Before I went, I was like, guys, give me some tips. What do I need to know? And you were very, very helpful. And I'm really appreciative of that. And I'd like to do it again with you now. As I, as I grow up, maybe about five or six years after most of my peers, as I finally grow up into late teenagehood, I want to share that moment with you and get your thoughts on it. Because when I was actually like a mid to late teenager, birthday parties consisted of going to your mates and eating dominoes and just having a laugh. That was it. Very simple. Predominantly male gatherings, these were, unsurprisingly, almost exclusively. And and that was that. That was to me what I would call a good party. And I was I was very happy with that for many, many years. Outside of birthdays, why would you why would you have a non-birthday party? Maybe, maybe on like New Year's Eve you could do something. But other than that, there is there's no other reason really for having a party, especially not just a spontaneous one. And I've been at uni for nearly two years now. And so far, I haven't been cool enough and I haven't met the right people to get invited to a house party. So much so that it's taken a friend of mine who goes to a different uni in a different city to invite me. That's where we're at because I'm, I'm that uncool. However, on Thursday, it's finally happened. They've foolishly invited this sad, unsociable nerd to a house party. I'm a little bit scared. I won't lie. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> because I've never been to one before. I feel like there probably won't be pizza. I feel like there'll be a lot more people than I'm used to. For me, a big party is like 20. But on the event of this, I think there is 100 plus people who have said they're going. So this will be like nothing I've ever seen before. I might be a bit shell-shocked. I might talk to you next Saturday and be like, they changed me. <sighs> I, can, I can never leave the house again. I hope I'm not that level of nervous wreck, but anything could happen. I don't know what to expect at all. So if you would like to advise me on this subject, I'm all ears because based on your messages that I've got over the last sort of year and a bit of doing this show, you seem to go to more house parties than I do. Quite a few times I've seen texts from people and they're like, oh, I was at a house party. And I'm like, ooh, get you. You get invited to parties. I don't. So I need your help on this. Can you send me a message right now, please? Get your phone out. 07807 things that will happen at every house party now there is a caveat here a condition make it legal make it broadcastable because i know what you lot are like legal broadcastable things that happen at every house party we're talking someone crying in a corner someone i don't know falling over and horrendously injuring themselves these kind of things that just a universal list almost like house party bingo what should i be expecting and if you've got any of your own stories to throw in there as well then I'm all ears because I just I need to know what to expect. I'm scared, I'm young, I'm naive, 
I need to know what's going to happen on Thursday night. So 07807 183 538 or send me an email station at wizardradio.co.uk Things that are legal and broadcastable, remember, that happen at every house party that I should expect. Thank you very much. Coming up next, I'll play Tyler the Creator. But first, I thought I want to sound knowledgeable. I need to be an authority on all things music. And so I've done some research into Tyler the Creator. I've taken all the lengthy research I did. It took me hours. I've put it into just 60 seconds. And it's all factually accurate. So let's do a 60-second guide to Tyler the Creator. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60-second guide. I'm Alec, the presenter, and this is my 60-second guide to Tyler the Creator. Tyler the Creator is a particularly extreme example of nominative determinism. This is when someone's name reflects the job they do. For example, a man called Steve Foote working in a shoe shop, or Pete Hamburger working in McDonald's. Tyler the Creator is, by total coincidence, a creator. The same isn't true of his parents. Mr. The Creator is an accountant, and Mrs. The Creator is an insurance salesperson. Tyler The Creator has created many things throughout his career. He started creating balloon shapes at kids' birthday parties, then moved on to creating ice sculptures, and after a brief but unsuccessful period creating personalized toilet roll, he moved into creating music. If that fails, he also took a course in tiling and is available to do roofs, kitchens, and bathrooms. His latest creation, Earthquake, with an F, is a poorly enunciated cover of Tiny Temper and the Labyrinth... The Labyrinth? <laughs> the Tiny Temper and Labyrinth song, Earthquake. And that's Tyler, the creator, in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Saturdays, 3 till 5. Sigrid, mine right now. Before that, Tyler, the creator, with Earthquake. That's Earthquake, with an F. Wizard Radio, I'm Alec Feldman going to my first ever house party on Sunday. I want to know what I should prepare for. And we're putting together a sort of a list of things that happen at every house party. Like bingo, if you like. Beth has been on. She says, none of my friends live anywhere near me. So for me, I end up showing up at every party by myself, which is strongly advised against, which leads to an awkward moment, which is so recognizable. The awkward look of where to find where all your friends are. Honestly, walking into a room and not knowing if you're going to know or be friends with anyone in that room is so awkward. Showing up at the party is my worst part of the whole thing. Oh, I, I do quite relate to that sort of anxiety of not knowing what is on the other side of a door. It could be anything. A much smaller example of that, I, I hate ringing doorbells. I hate it. I like knowing that the person I expect to answer the door will answer the door. And doorbells don't give me that certainty. But that's kind of relevant. But yeah, it is scary. Like, oh, where do I look? People, Because... People are going to see you before you see people. So it'll it'll be like a situation we were talking about earlier today where everyone is looking at you. Maybe not quite that way unless you walk in in like very loud clothes or fancy dress when no one else is in fancy dress. But that's a whole other kettle of fish. Um, yeah, okay. So I need to prepare for walking into the room and not knowing anyone. I actually don't, to be fair, because this party is taking place in a house I'm staying in. So I don't actually need to arrive because I'll be there the whole time. And I know the people there. So it's kind of going to be all right on that regard. But thank you for the heads up. Next, Scarlett says, I feel like at every party, there's a moment where two people you just didn't expect to get on actually come out as being best friends. You have no idea how they even know each other before that moment. But they have some strange connection. And all you kind of need is to play along with it is totally normal and unexpected that they would know each other. It literally happens at every party for me. So, wait, 
Say, just with an example that everyone will know. Let's say Donald Trump and yeah, why not Donald Trump, Kim Jong Un, right? They're at parties together. They're getting on like a house on fire. Everyone's like, oh, that's weird. I wouldn't have thought they'd know each other. But you have to be like, oh, of course, Don, Kim, how you doing? Good to see you. The, the dynamic duo back together again. Oh, classic, classic Don and Kim. Is that what you mean? You have to pretend people that you think don't know each other should know each other. I don't know, but that's interesting. I'll, I'll carefully observe the dynamic of everybody there and how they're interacting and whether I think they should or shouldn't know each other. But very interesting. Thank you, Scarlett. Alfie says... I guess it depends on what the vibe of the party is, but at the house parties I go to, people end up drinking a lot of orange juice. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. When people drink a lot of <clears throat> orange juice, there are a few different types of reactions, but one of them is to get really deep and personal with people who you've never met before. It's a house party classic that you have a conversation with someone who has drunk too much <clears throat> orange juice and finding out the most personal things about them. You might never see this person ever again, but you literally know the ins and outs of their childhood and family life. I see. So this is something I need to be aware of. Just a conversation with a total stranger where they're like, yeah, and then when I was eight, my parents got divorced. And let me tell you, that was not a fun time. And all that kind of stuff just spilling out. Is this something I should, you know, encourage or just take it and embrace it for what it is maybe? very interesting but yeah i wouldn't have thought that they'd serve that much orange juice at house parties really you know it's more of a breakfast drink for me but each to their own isabel says this i feel like you make the most random friends at house parties and then you never talk to these people ever again or at least until the next house party you're both at interesting okay they're party friends who you would never socialize with again the awkward thing is that when you become best friends with someone at a party and then never talk to them again, when you see them in public, you avoid eye contact or just give each other a weird look. You both think that the other person doesn't recognise you or remember you becoming friends, but actually you both do know and you're just awkwardly trying to forget it. Interesting. I feel like this, again, might not necessarily happen because I'm going all the way to Manchester from Leeds. They're, I mean, they're quite close in the general scheme of things, but they're different cities, so I probably won't run into any of them just on a casual basis, which is kind of sad. I, would, I wish I had that bond with someone of awkward avoiding eye contact in public because we spoke at a party once and that was it. Hmm. Well, okay, I get the impression from a couple of messages now that I will be making some new friends, which I'll never speak to again, but still, new friends are always fun. And the last thing that I should be made aware of about house parties um, is from Daniela. What makes house parties really entertaining is when there are two people there who everyone knows are in some sort of feud or don't want to speak to each other because it's inevitable that at some point they're going to be in the same room together and you're going to be able to feel the energy. It's so awkward, but honestly, in those moments, just pick up the popcorn and watch because it could be the drama that we all live for. I so hope. I, there is something for me to watch popcorn wise especially if i'm just like awkwardly standing not really knowing anyone not knowing what to do and what to say that is the perfect in just like watching it and then going oh my god i can't believe that just happened fill me in what's happened what's going on what's the context who knows stuff yes that's interesting i'm gonna look out extra carefully for people that seem a bit tense 
people that seem to be avoiding someone or just people outright fighting. That is what I'm here for. Thank you, Daniela. And thank you for all your messages. Very interesting. I will take note and report back on the show next week how my first ever house party experience was. I'm still a bit scared, but I feel a bit better now. They sound kind of fun, I won't lie. Connect Fours on the other side of the new one from Mark Ronson and Camila Cabello. It's called Find You Again. Mark Ronson and Camila Cabello. That was Find You Again on Wizard Radio. Mars Mikulski up in 10 minutes time. First though, welcome one and all to Connect Four. You were given four words just under an hour ago. Those four words were love, expert, source and home. Your job was to connect those four words through the medium of story. And if you successfully managed to do that, then we will be reading out your message, maybe very very shortly to find out which person will be crowned this week's winner of connect Four and get the prize of one night's sleep that's right between 10 p.m and 6 a.m what was it no 10 p.m and 8 a.m tomorrow you have my permission to lie in bed with your eyes shut not doing anything oh yes only one person will claim this very big prize who will it be we will find out very soon first though let's hear the connections first one from robbie Remember, the words were love, expert, source, like ketchup, and home. Robbie says, My dad is an expert in source. I don't mean he's got the source or anything like that. I mean he is a condiment expert. Ketchup, mayonnaise, barbecue sauce, you name it, he knows all about it. Let's see, so far we've got we've got expert in there and we've got the word source like a million times. Good, good. Next. We continue with Robbie's connection. It's a shame he doesn't work for Heinz because he can make a lot of money with his knowledge. But for now, it's just something he saves for home. There's home, another word. For example, he can tell you about all of the different Heinz ketchup bottles throughout the years. And oh boy, he does show off that knowledge when we have guests around. He just loves sauces and that's what makes him him. Ah, oh, what a lovely story about sauce and containing all of the words. I should point out, because I feel like I do this a lot, it's only fair, the word was love, not loves. He said loves, however, fair enough. That's, you know, it's not banned, it's just frowned upon, but otherwise I enjoyed that. Someone that can write a message that long about condiments is good in my book. It's a nice one, Robbie. Thank you for your message. We shall revisit this shortly. Next up, it's Vic. Her connection sounds like this. This is just a boyfriend appreciation message, Alec, because my boyfriend has the source. He is an expert at love. Oh my god. We've like, we're two sentence, one sentence in and we've already got three of the words. This is game changing. This is new level. Um, he's an expert at love, both in the sheets and outside of the sheets. Thank you. He knows the right thing to do no matter the circumstance, and I feel very lucky to have him. When I go to his home, he's so smooth with me in front of his mum. When he's at my home, he's so charming with my mum. Every boy should have the same level of source my boyfriend has. If only. Well, I don't really know what to make of that. That's... Well, it got all the words in, didn't it? Three of them in the first sentence. But what else can I really say? Interesting. Very interesting. Also, um, this is a good opportunity for me to say... Before doing this feature this week, I have never actually heard the phrase, has the source. And yet, it's been in the first two messages I've read. So, this is something I'm going to have to open dictionary shortly. Wait, that was the last feature, wasn't it? Never mind. Charlie has also sent in a connection. 
my parents are looking at houses at the moment because they want us to move home. There's your first word. Whenever they look at houses on the weekend, I go with them. It's quite fun, actually, although the estate agents are always absolute creeps. True words have never been said. I really think it's the type of person who becomes an estate agent. Don't get me wrong, they are an expert when it comes to selling homes, but do they always have to be so creepy? Anyway, we found particular, we found one home in particular. The word home's been in here so much already. Um, but we love, there's love. So hopefully we will move there. In the meantime, we are trying to sell our house. So we have to make it really nice and presentable, which is difficult considering my mom is quite a klutz. So there are loads of stains from <laughs> sauces and mud and things like that all over the carpet. Wow. Sources. That is the plural form of source. They've added an S on the end. Again, it's like before when they added an S on the end of loves. I'm just pointing it out without judgment. Without, what's the word? I can't even. I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter. But okay, thank you, Charlie, for that one. And the last one we have time for this week is from Chantel. I love going to the park in the summer, there's love. And on hot days, like today, not around here, because there are loads of little shops and stalls and things like that. So it's not just a boring bit of grass outside your home, home, i.e. not a garden, you know? Yes, parks are different to gardens, you are correct. I got a hot dog with sauce, sauce. That was the option on the menu. You got to pick one sauce. I picked ketchup because mustard is gross. Eating a hot dog with ketchup on it though, feels like something only an expert can do cleanly because it's so messy. Um, let's see, we had we had expert, we had home, we had sauce, we had love, it's all in there. All containing a lovely message about parks and sausages from Chantel. Well done everyone. A good week. But who is gonna be crowned the winner and win the grand prize of one night's sleep? Will it be Chantel and her sausages in parks? Will it be Charlie and his estate agents? Will it be Vic and her boyfriend appreciation message? Or will it be Robbie and his dad who is an expert in all things condiments? I think there is a clear winner this week. The clear winner has to be Robbie and his dad who loves the ketchup. Do I, can I explain why? No, I just, I just loved it that much. Even though he pluralized love, I just, I thought it was a great message. I love that he wrote about ketchup for so long, but also honorable mentions to Vic, who got three words into the beginning in the first sentence. Although actually I am now reconsidering. <laughs> can I take it away? Probably not, but Vic, you know, well done. You can also have some sleep tonight. Well done. That's the end of Connect 4. Thanks for listening. Get the podcast from wherever you normally get podcasts. I'm back on Friday at three with a weekly mixtape. And I'll speak to you next Saturday as well with all the stories from a house party. Miles McCorsey's up next. Have a good week. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.